Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today we're actually not talking about a movie. Uh, I know we were originally supposed to do Texas Chainsaw 3D today, but scheduling stuff happened, a lot of stuff, so we're, we're going to push that back a week, and instead we're actually going to talk about a miniseries, part of a miniseries. We're doing the It miniseries from 1990, and we're going to do part one of the two-part miniseries. It aired um, on two nights over like you know week one, week two. Two 90-minute episodes, basically, on Stephen King's book, It. When you're down here with me, you smoke Which is like an 1,100-page book. It's just fucking if, if massive. You, if you need to build a house and you run out of bricks, but you got the It book, there you go. You're set. Um, so we're talking about the part one of the It miniseries, and I'm joined by our It correspondent, Jordan Snyder. Jordan, how you doing? I'm doing great. You know, loved watching. Uh, loved watching it. It, it. You loved watching what? I loved watching it. It was. It was a good movie. What was a good movie? It was. <laughs> uh, now that we got that out of the way, <laughs> um, we just watched part one of the it miniseries. Uh, you had seen the, the the reboot part one of it before. Correct. Yep. Yeah. I originally when it came out in theaters, I watched it chapter one. I you know haven't read the book, haven't watched the TV series, haven't anything like that so it was kind of jumping in with that new reboot and then now kind of starting from scratch here and you haven't seen it chapter two i no i have not so, i've only seen part one of both so uh yeah we uh, someone who's not, not very familiar with it i've seen the miniseries i've seen both movies i actually have a really fun story about the first reboot movie i actually worked the premiere at the chinese theater in hollywood that's so cool when i worked at warner brothers so i worked the premiere of that movie so i got paid to watch this movie i had to stand the whole time and watch it on night or part of it on night vision goggles because my job was to make sure no one was um recording the movie sure yeah uh really i watched for a couple minutes but i was really just watching the movie the whole time they offered me my lunch break i'm like no, no i'm watching it leave me alone <laughs> did your lunch break include movie popcorn uh it could have probably if i wanted it but no i so i got to watch this at the chinese theater which is really cool and i got to work the vip metal detector so i got to meet a bunch of the cast from the the, the reboot and seth green who's in the original and he came for the premiere, so I got to meet Seth Green. And Travis Barker, the uh, drummer from Blink-182. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, I, I believe they're friends in, in real life, so they came in, like, right next to each other. So <laughs> one of my, you know, I, I didn't, my time in L.A. was whatever, but this was one of my favorite times one, ever. One of the top. One, if not the top, it's near the top. Uh, this was so cool. So it has a special place in my heart, but we're not talking about that movie today. We're doing the miniseries of 1990 starring Tim Curry himself. What a movie. Jordan, what did you think of part one? You know, you kind of hyped me up to to be this cheesy, you know, kind of classic, dumb, early 90s movie, you know, that would be straight to TV. And it, it you know, it definitely lived up to that expectation, <laughs> 100%. But it was, it was better than I was expecting, too. Uh, you know, it, it had some, all those cheesy moments, it had some great, great acting in, in certain areas. The humor that it gave too of of you know the spooky vibe, but it was just because of the cheesiness, it it, it made you laugh, and it was just a fun movie. It's got heart. It does. I it really does. What wait? What makes word? It's got that Stephen King heart mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, I, I love the miniseries. I, I think it's. I think people have it like a little hyped up in their brains, like people who watched it as a kid who thought this was like the scariest thing ever. It right. doesn't really hold up there. Um, but it, it is a fun watch. No, it it definitely. I would not consider it. 
in my experience of watching a horror movie, is a scary movie. Creepy a little bit. A little at bit times. creepy, and it really it doesn't give you those jump scares. It, no. it doesn't give you a, you know nightmarish things. I think because of the cheesy aspect as well. Yeah, but yeah, I just know a lot of people watch this when they were kids and just terrified them, which yeah. always cracks me up. Uh, but it's a classic. If you haven't watched it, go check it out. It's a fun time. Uh, just know it's pretty low budget, so don't like yep. expect too much. Especially if you've seen the reboot series, which huge budget. Don't expect as nearly as much. From yeah, it was, yeah, two two completely different movies with the same similar storyline. So, uh, so we're just going to do part one today. The first ninety minutes of this three hour beast of a film, basically. Point of this podcast is we're gonna we're trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies and miniseries. It turns out. Um, so we're going to go through the plot of this movie beat by beat, decision by decision, to see if we need to add any new rules to our list, which is currently at 56 rules, which you can check out on our Twitter account, at HowToHorror. Uh, that's how the number two horror. Jordan, anything else before we get started here? I don't think so. Let's jump right into it. All right. Spoiler alert for It miniseries. We're just going to talk about part one, though. So uh, go ahead and watch this and come back and give us a listen. So It kicks off in the town of Derry, Maine, 1990, which is a town Stephen King uses a lot. Uh, is not a real town. But Derry 1990, there is a little girl named Lori Ann who is riding her tricycle. And she gets home, and her mom has some laundry hanging up outside. And there is a spooky clown hiding in the laundry, played by Tim Curry himself. He was Dr. Frankenfurter in Rocky Horror Picture Show. He is the Wadsworth the Butler in Clue. He's in, uh, he runs the hotel in Home Alone 2. Uh, Tim Curry is the man. I love Tim Curry. And he's fantastic in this. He's so he, creepy. He does he does play a pretty good Pennywise. You know, the the acting that he does with just all his different emotions just really it adds to the experience. He's the best part, I think. So, Jordan, what do you do if you see a, a creepy clown in your yard? You don't go find it. You, like, when it's where it shouldn't be, you don't go towards it. I think that's just a brain obvious right there. And maybe, you know, what was it? Was it like 2016 when all the creepy clowns were popping yeah. up around the nation? Yeah, it was 2016. So I think we live in a post-2016 world where we know that. 1990, I guess they didn't know that. Even even before 2016, clowns were always creepy. You just didn't, like, like anything pre-1960s. Like <laughs> I, I never really found clowns creepy growing up. I, I liked clowns. Um, this one, yes. Rule number one. To surviving a horror movie is you have to know you're in one. If you find a creepy clown in your yard, you are in a horror movie. Absolutely. Enough said. Pennywise. This is Pennywise the Dancing Clown. Pennywise kills Lorianne. I think also like your your mom is 15 feet away from you, just inside the door with the door open. I think you just say, "Hey, mom, something's out here." Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, call for help. Uh, rule ten: Don't panic. Yeah. Or uh. <laughs> You could always go with the old trusty rule 28. Run, bitch, run. <laughs> or you get out of your tricycle. Trike away. Run, bitch, run. Oh, but this girl is like four, yeah, five, yeah, something you, like that. So I think you got to give her a little bit of the doubt just because she's she's a kid. Yeah, she's a dumb kid. Instantly gets killed. First scene of the movie. Hell yeah. We're off to a great start. And, and so I guess for people who aren't going to watch the movies and they're just here to listen, so I'll explain what this is. Pennywise is this evil entity that eats children. It scares them because the fear makes them taste better. It's And we find this out over the course of the movie. It scares them and it eats them. 
Yes. And it can take the form of whatever you fear. It uses the power of imagination to kill you. Yes. And it takes the form of a clown most frequently as yep. it's just the, I don't know, easiest to be. Um, And because it's Tim Curry. They exactly. want to get Tim Curry in the movie exactly. as much as possible. There's a lot more other forms in the book that it takes. Sure. But, you know, Pennywise was the famous one, and so they gave Pennywise more to do here because Tim Curry. <laughs> uh, which I'm fine with. I am absolutely fine absolutely, with it. Absolutely, yeah. So the police arrive, they investigate, and we meet one of our main characters, a guy named Mike. Mike is the town librarian. He's lived in Derry for a long time. He is one of our seven members of the Losers Club. And most of this movie is going to take place in 1960, and we're going to do a little bit here in 1990, and then a lot of flashbacks. But we're in 1990 for now. There's been six missing slash dead kids in town. Rule number one, Derry, man, you are in a horror movie. There is a murderer on the loose. Absolutely, yeah. We find this out later in the movie that this Pennywise the Clown, this this the It monster has been there for hundreds of years. I think you need to figure something out. But here's the thing. It has this weird magic that makes the adults not really realize what's happening. You're right, yep. So I don't know how you're supposed to fight that. Yeah, I don't know. It's... It's Supernatural, you know, Stonehenge magic bullshit. Mm-hmm. When you run into that, there's only so much you can do. Mike knows what's going on for because he had a close encounter with Pennywise. That must be the only reason. Mm-hmm. So Mike is like, okay, Pennywise is back. It's back. It's time to uh, get the band back together. We're going to fight this clown. <laughs> You're going to die, clown! And so the, the, the framework of the story is he calls all of the losers, the other six members of the Losers Club, one by one uh, to tell them, hey... I know you don't live in Derry anymore, and I know you've forgotten everything due to trauma or magic bullshit. But y'all need to come back because you promised. Uh, so yeah, come on, come on back, and we're gonna go fight a clown monster. And then we get a flashback for each one of the losers, and that—that's yeah. the framework of the movie. But Mike is—he's kind of like the historical guy. He's studied Derry. He knows all of its horrible history. Um, so he's kind of the historian. Uh, yeah. He's also black, which is important for. I- I wish that we would have got more of him yeah. in the movie. He was, you know, he's a big role, and we don't get almost nothing. Yeah, we get the least from Mike. Yeah, because um, he joined the losers last. Yeah, um, we really only see him in the first scene. Yep. Yeah, uh, well, you know, the second part is all about the adults. So, sure. So we'll get yep. more of them then. Mm-hmm. Um, the first part's mostly about the kids, but since Mike joins the losers last, we yeah. get the least from yep. kid Mike, which is a bummer. Because he's such an important part of the book, because he's the one who tells them, hey, here's all the horrible events that have happened in Maine, and they kind of just skim through that part. Okay. So, uh, at the crime scene, Mike is gathering information. He finds a picture of a kid named Georgie, who we'll get to later, and this is like, oh, shit. All right, time to call the losers up. So, one by one, he's going to call them up. First, we have Bill, who's kind of our main protagonist. Bill is a author and screenwriter, Hollywood screenwriter. He's living in England right now, working on a movie with his actress wife, Audra. Bill is Stephen King. He's just <laughs> Stephen King, and he put himself in, in the book and the movie. That's it. He is the leader. He's the hero. He is the writer. He's the creative mind. Yeah. So he gets the call. All these memories come back because he had forgotten all of it. Uh, he even gets his childhood stutter back, so he's stuttering for the rest of the movie. Bill, rule number one, you're in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As soon as all those memories come back... You're in a horror movie. And it's interesting because in, in the 1990 moment, they've all already survived a horror movie. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. We're seeing the start of the sequel. <laughs> yeah. Um, it should be how to, how to re-survive a horror movie. Yeah. So sequel time, Bill. And, and that's true for everybody. So as soon as they get the phone call, all the members come back. They're in a horror movie. They know they're in a horror movie. That's great. We love yep. it. So phone call triggers the flashback. 1960. We see young Bill. He's sick. 
He's got a little brother named Georgie, who's just a cute little kid. And Bill makes him a little paper sailboat, and Georgie's going to take him sailing down like the, the what are those called? The, like the, the gutter. Gutter. The gutter, yeah. the street gutters. Unfortunately for Georgie, his little boat goes in the sewer. And this is the most famous scene mm-hmm. from it. Because guess who lives in the sewer? <laughs> Jordan, if you're you know walking down the street and you see a clown in a sewer, what do you do? I First of all, I'd probably freak out. I would run. Mm-hmm. I would tell anybody and everybody that I know, probably because it's the 21st century, I would take a picture on my smartphone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. prove that I saw it, and then see that it's not on there, probably because... Magic bullshit. Magic bullshit, and then freak out about that, too. That's fair. Do you grow up and talk to him? Nope. Definitely not. <laughs> definitely stay far away. And to George's credit, the first thing he says to Pennywise is, because uh, Pennywise has a balloon, he's like, hey, you want a balloon? Uh, and he's like, I'm not supposed to take things from strangers. Rule 18 is stranger danger. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right, Georgie. And in fact, yep. let's not talk to this clown. <laughs> yeah. Let's, yeah. It's, it's, when you say you're not going to talk to strangers, then you just, you end it at that and you walk away. Yep. You run away and uh, you don't keep talking. But Pennywise has this paper boat. He's like, hey, Georgie, you want your boat? Hey, Georgie. And he was, Georgie was devastated that that boat went because he knew his brother would be upset. Dumbass kid, you can make another boat. Have Bill teach you to make one. You can make as many as you want. You don't, you don't need to be accepting paper boats and from sewer clowns. You've already got the wax upstairs from the creepy cellar. You got to let go of your material possessions, Georgie. All right. Uh, not worth dying over. And so he is going to break also. Rule number 40, keep your distance. He's going to reach his hand into the sewer to get his paper a boat back. And Pennywise rips his arm off and kills him. Then he's dead. Georgie's dead. Oh, Georgie. You dumbass kid. Again, he's like four. Yeah. It's hard to be hard on him uh, because four-year-olds are stupid. I think it's hard to survive a horror movie when you're under 10. Yeah, it's possible. And we've had people actually win the Randy Meeks Merit Badge who've been under 10 before. It's totally doable. But uh, four-year-olds, it's tough. You know, definitely some rule violations, but I'm not going to be too hard on them. Right, yeah. But uh, you're dead, Georgie. You're done goofed. So Bill's obviously devastated. He, you know, After the funeral, he goes home, slipping through a photo album, and there's a photo of Georgie in there, same one that Mike finds 30 years later, and it winks at him. But then the photo album starts like flipping magically, and blood starts pouring out of it. Oh, my God, Bill, you're in a horror movie. Yeah, this is like some like Carrie stuff going on here, blood splattering everywhere. And, you know, he's going to do the, the proper thing. He's going to call for help. He's going to call his parents. Mm-hmm. And they get up there and they don't see anything. The, yeah, that's the problem is, he, you know, he's following the rules and then nothing's happening. Like, the parents literally don't see that. Like, it's just a book. There's, they don't see the blood even on their own hands. Nope. So this kind of throws Rule 12 wafer backup out the window. There's no that, backup yeah, to be had. There's not. Nope. So we, I can't fault anybody for not following it because you can't. Mm-hmm. It's a bummer. So we cut back to 1990, and Ben is going to fly from England all the way to Maine, and he tells his wife to stay behind. Uh, he's got to go to Maine. Maybe don't go back. That I was wondering that, too. I'm, you know, is that is that breaking a rule? Yeah, I think it's, you know, they're all going to go back to Maine because they made a promise when they were, how old are they in this, like 10? Right, yeah. 11, something like that. Mm-hmm. They're all in middle schoolers, maybe early or late elementary. Yeah, fifth, sixth grade, probably. I'm not going to follow a goddamn promise I made in elementary, middle school uh, to go return to a horror movie I already survived. Exactly. Especially when, you know, we. I guess from this movie, we don't know how, how long they've been separated. But, like, it seems like they've been away for quite a while. Yep. I'm probably not going to be best friends with them still. Yeah. You know, they, they, they haven't spoken to each other since, like, about it around the same time. In the book, 
after that final that battle of Pennywise at the end of this movie, there's never a moment where all seven of them are hanging out again. You know, six sometimes, but there's sure. never a moment where they're all and together. I think that right there says, yeah, I'm absolutely ne- not going to follow this promise I made to these now strangers, basically. How many people are you still friends with from that t- era in your life? Almost none. I have two, and that's because they were... I, I met them, like, when I was zero years old. They're, right. like, family friends. friends. Yeah. So it's yep. a little different. Yeah, besides that, I don't talk to anybody from elementary and middle school, mm-hmm. really. <laughs> so, no, don't go back. Yep. Yeah, don't go back. That's a, that's a mistake. Uh, rule 21 is learn from past events. You survived this movie. You don't yeah. need to be in part two. <laughs> but and we, we can criticize almost all of them for that. Also, Mike, why didn't you just leave? Rule number yeah. 11 is get out. Why right, yeah, why did Mike stay? This cursed-ass town. Get out! Uh, when everybody else left. Just yeah. abandon this town for dead, and eventually, hopefully, everyone will move out. If Yeah, yeah. if anything, like, if you're going to stay, then try to do something to make the town abandoned. Yeah. I mean, I guess, can you live with the knowledge that kids are getting killed and you didn't do anything to stop it? Okay. But, Mike, it, you could have just moved away a long time ago. Yeah. And then none of you would know, and you could all live in ignorant bliss forever. Exactly. If, you're, if your memories are gone, you're not, you're not uh, considered culpable of, of, of those things. So I understand why Mike called people back, because he wants to do something to save the kids. All right, fine. But, man, technically, if you want to survive, you shouldn't go back, and you shouldn't be here. So Yeah. It's, like, understandable writing. Like, the way it's written, it, like, makes sense for the characters. Yes. But it's still stupid. Yes. So we cut to New York City. We're still in 1990. Uh, the next one of the losers we meet is Ben. Ben is played by John Ritter, who's uh, the lead on that show, Three's Company. Big okay. deal. Pretty famous TV actor. Um, but it's really interesting because the last episode of the podcast we did was Freddy versus Jason. John Ritter's son is one of the leads in that movie, <laughs> Jason Ritter. So that's just kind of funny. Wow. But uh, Ben uh, is an architect, really successful, and he gets the phone call from Mike. Flashback for Ben. Ben is the new kid in school. He's allegedly fat. They all he gets teased for being fat. The way the movie de- depicts him, he really isn't that fat. You know, he's a bigger guy. He probably yeah. would do really well on the football team, yeah. but he is no way overweight. The, yeah, the, this is absurd that they're making yeah. fun of him for being fat. Like, but it, you know, it's also it's the '60s, and Stephen King makes the the greaser gang just super douchey. Yeah, the greasers are evil greasers. It's just yeah. it's classic Stephen King trope. But yeah, this kid, okay, so this kid isn't starving to death, and everybody else in town is apparently starving. Yeah. Like, that's the only logical conclusion. <laughs> like, screw you, you get food. And they, they really only, like, reference his, like, fatness one time when they're out in the woods, and yeah. he grabs a candy bar. Yeah. And whenever the greasers show up to make fun yeah. of him, that's, like, their go-to. Yeah. We're like, hey, fatty. It's like, what but, are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, he is not. You're, like, anorexic. <laughs> ben is a normal man. <laughs> Come on. So how does the how does the book describe him? Because did they just do a bad job? I think picking? they they cast a kid who was just not fat. Okay. Like I think you know I like the actor who plays Ben. And, right. You yeah. Know, he, maybe his abilities will win him the role instead of his mm-hmm. appearance. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Eh, whatever. Because yeah, of the young kids, he might be the best actor of the group. Yeah. Like, you know, be, Bill didn't do too bad. Bill Stan was okay, um, but yeah, I think Ben was pretty good. Yep. So he gets made fun of in class, and the, we meet the, the, the human antagonist of the movie, a kid named Henry Bowers, who is the leader of a gang of greasers, evil greasers, and he's just a psychopath. 
Yeah, constantly trying to kill, literally kill these kids. Now, in the book, he's a lot more influenced by Pennywise. Like, Pennywise is in his head and okay. messing with him. And that they don't really do that here. He's just evil greaser, sure. little loony. I guess that would make more sense book-wise, like, yeah. you know, from what we get in the book. That... Like I said, this is an 1,100-page book, and we got to turn it into a three-hour movie. Like, <laughs> we got to cut some stuff. It's fine. Yep. Um, but he's got two other greasers with him, Vic and Belch, who are there. Belch burps a lot. Does he even talk? He might have, like, a line. Like, one line. Otherwise, it's burp. Yep. Vic and Belch. <laughs> um, so, Bowers ends up getting detention. He blames Ben for it. Okay, so you make fun of a kid for being fat, and you get a detention for it, and now you want to kill Ben. Okay, Bowers. Psycho. Yep, that's a little absurd. Ben also meets uh, another one of the losers, losers, a girl named Bev. She's the one girl in the group, and she's a girl, and that's about her character. Yeah. <laughs> that's about that's... all there is to her. I, I guess she's uh, poorer because uh, her dad's the, the janitor, so she they don't have a ton of money. So some people make fun of her for being poor a little bit. Yeah. That's mentioned once. That's, yeah. But Ben quickly gets a crush on her. On his way home from school, Ben gets jumped by Bowers and his gang. And Bowers pulls out a knife and plans to, like, carve his name into Ben's chest. Holy shit. <laughs> like, butterfly knife out. Start, like, pulls his shirt up and is ready to go in. Ben, you're in a horror movie. And it's it's just like a regular it's, it's one. It's just a slasher movie now. <laughs> Literal slashing. So Ben, he kicks Bowers and like throws himself over a fence and down a ravine to get away. <laughs> hey, you do what you gotta do. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> he did the right thing there. Yeah, you, you, you take the risk because you ain't gonna outrun these guys. These guys are all older and taller. Yep. And he's fat. He's allegedly fat. Slower. Slower. Yeah. So if you can't outrun him, you gotta outsmart him and yep. out hide him and he ends up hiding in the sewer a sewer pipe the the grease the, so there's this area called the barons which is like this wooded area where the, the losers club always hangs out and bill who we mentioned earlier the leader of the group and a kid named eddie are hanging out down there eddie's like the hypochondriac thinks he's got all these sicknesses but it's all his mom's fault because his mom is super overprotective we all had that one friend yeah whose uh, mom was Just... way overprotective his mom wouldn't let him shower at gym, after gym class wouldn't hang out with people like told him to not have friends yep. like all you don't need things. any friends but your mother yeah, it's just a little like norman bates stuff right here <laughs> so the greasers bother them instead but uh they, they they leave to go find ben and ben ends up hanging out with bill and eddie and they all become friends it's the start of the losers club we got our first three members bill ben and eddie one day ben is down in the barrens by himself and near the sewer entrance he sees his dead father just hanging out yeah like, hey just ben. standing there it's Pennywise. Yeah. Hey, uh, Ben. Which quickly turns, he, I mean, he quickly turns from his dad to, to Pennywise. And then turns into a creepy skeleton, swamp skeleton. Who yeah, what him. was that? That was just. Something Ben was scared of. All right. Ben, you're in a horror movie. <laughs> now you've not only got these fucking greasers to deal with, but now you're in a supernatural spooky clown horror movie. So that's the end of Ben's flashback. So we're going to cut to Chicago in 1990, where Bev, she's a fashion designer. She is an abusive husband. Like, she gets the call from Mike, and he won't even let her take the phone call because they're at work. And he's yeah. like, no, you got to focus on your deal, Bev. Like, he beats her, and, and yeah, he's it's, horrible. It's just, it's very, not, not good, uh, very unhealthy relationship. That night, Mike finally gets to talk to her, and she's going to leave for Maine. And he's like, no, you're not going anywhere. And starts, like, beating her and is going to whip her with his belt. Mm-hmm. And so she just starts throwing shit at him. <laughs> Rule five, lock and load. You use what you got to use. And she gets the fuck out and makes her way to Maine. So Bev's flashback, when she's a kid in Maine, it turns out her dad's also abusive. So she basically married her dad. Weird. Yeah. That's shitty. Which, you know, they, they the way her dad slaps her is exactly how they 
the husband slaps yep. her in the movie. Yeah, it's sad. It's really, it's a bad situation. Very bad. So Ben has a crush on Beth, so he drops off like a, a poem. And the father sees it, rips it up, slaps her. So she runs out of the house, and Ben comforts her and invites her to join the Losers Club. And they all become friends. And then we meet two more members of the Losers. We have Richie and Stan. They show up to hang out, too. Richie is the class clown type, you know, the obnoxious prankster. Yeah. Uh, this kid, he would get so old so fast. <laughs> yeah. This kid is obnoxious. He's played by Seth Green, which is fun. Uh, and Seth Green's a kid in this, and it's, yeah. it's really yeah, fun. Yeah, it's, it's really fun, you know, as, as adults, you know, seeing him in all these comedy, like Robot Chicken, you know, Family Guy, things like that. And then seeing him now as a kid... And kind of just be goofy there. Yeah, doing voices. Mm-hmm. It, it is kind of funny. It is. It's weird. Uh, life imitating art. Kind yeah, of. exactly. And Stan is this uh, kind of uptight Jewish kid. He's a, a Boy Scout. Yeah, Boy Scout, Jewish, just kind of the warrior. Also skeptical, logical. He's the like the yes. last one to buy into any of this. Mm-hmm. So you know, they all build a dam together. Hooray! And they flood the. They flood the entire town of Derry. Man, that's what they should have done. If they flooded the entire town and just washed it all away, boom, horror movie over. Done. Maybe the cop who shows up later was actually Pennywise trying to stop oh. them from flooding the town. I like that theory. It's a good theory. So, Bev, they're, they're all hanging out, and Bev thinks Bill is the one who wrote the postcard poem to her. So she falls in love with Bill. Aww. Poor Ben. Aww. Just devastated. It's so sad. So Bev goes home that night, and she hears voices of dead and missing children coming up from the sink. Someone call a plumber. (laughs) (laughs) Rule one, you're in a horror movie. If you hear dead kids talking to you from your sink, it's a telltale sign. If you hear anybody, not even dead or alive, coming from your sink. You know, it's one thing if it's, like, your downstairs neighbor, then you just have, like, thin walls and floors and whatnot. Yeah. But if it's, yeah, anything else... (laughs) And then a balloon comes up and, like, explodes blood all over the place. So Beth yeah. calls her dad in. Doesn't see a thing. Yeah. So we, that goes back to, you know, the, the first one with Bill. There's no help. No help. There's no help for you here. But I, I liked that she, you know, rather than, you know, realizing that she could get beat if she was caught in, like, a lie or whatever, she did lie and said it was a spider. Yeah. Uh, oh, I just saw a spider, Dad. Gotta kill the spider for me. That's a very believable lie. Mm-hmm. I've had many people call me in from somewhere else to kill a spider i've had family and friends do that i've personally seen a spider come out of my sink drain yeah so this is fully believable yep good on bev so bev she she pennywise threatens her through the sinks like oh you can't do anything you're you're dead you're dead uh rule number one bev you're in a horror movie (laughs) get out of there uh so we cut to adult eddie now the uh the uh, hypochondriac kid yes he's an adult he owns a limo company now so all everybody who's left town is super rich and successful, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Mike is just a librarian. That's an important point in the book. Guess he should have left town. I guess he should have left town. He would have been rich and successful. But Eddie still lives with his overbearing mom. Womp womp. Mm. But he gets the call. He's going back to town. Eddie's flashback. He is at a movie with the entire Losers gang. It's a, some dumb werewolf movie. Really cheesy. Eddie accidentally knocks over his popcorn from their balcony seats <laughs> onto Bowers's gang. Whoops. <laughs> Richie realizes what happened, so he's just like, oh, I'm going to pour my pop on it. Just adds to it and makes it worse. But, I mean, to be fair, Bowser wants to... Bowser? Bowser. <laughs> Bowser. Bow, Bowers wants to kill them anyway. Might so, as well like, be Bowser. Might as well be Bowser. You know, if they're going to kill you anyway, you might as well make it worth it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. They, I mean, they're they're already dirty. Might as well just... I mean, Maybe it'll wash off the popcorn. <laughs> I was just trying to give you a bath, Bowers. 
<laughs> so they, they, they escape. And then we meet uh, Eddie's mom, who's like, you shouldn't be playing with him. You don't need any friends. And don't take any showers at school. You'll get germs. So good guy, gym teacher, stops Eddie one day. He's like, hey, you, you gotta take a shower. You sweat and you stink in gym class. You, you need a shower. Yeah. Good guy, <laughs> teacher. That's... Yep. Yeah, kids stink. Kids are, kids are disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes to take a shower... And all, like, the shower heads come to life and start, like, moving at them. It's like the Goonies. Yeah, it's it's one of the most bizarre moments in the movie, I think. And Pennywise just pops his head up to the drain to, like, tease him a little bit and then goes away. Eddie, rule on your horn. <laughs> if clowns are popping out of drains, you have a problem. Yeah. As soon as the showers started all going on, I think that's, that's an indication something's going well, on. Well, to be fair, in that case, because this movie came out post-Goonies, he could have been in a, the Goonies. You know, okay. Like at the the, um, the country club in Goonies, yep. when they're all banging on the pipes and all the piping in the yeah. country club goes nuts. He could have just been in a fun right. adventure movie. And he could have right. just been a side character. I'll, I'll let it slide. But once clowns start showing up, <laughs> Eddie's segment's super short. So let's move on to Richie, our, our comedian, who is he's grown up to be an '80s or '90, I guess '1990 stand-up comedian, and you know, it's horrible. It's not great. He gets the phone call and he has all of his shows canceled because he's going to head back to Maine. Uh, Jay Leno's going to take his spot instead. Because huh. that's how successful Richie is. So, the losers, they're all hanging out. They, they're they all hanging out in the Barrens, and the, this cop shows up to yell at all of them for, like, flooding the Barrens with their dam they built. <laughs> um, and then he's like, oh, by the way, another kid's been murdered. So you're all in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally tells them, basically, you're in a horror movie. And he's like, stay together, don't split up, gang. <laughs> Let's split up and look for clues. Yeah. He's giving them all the hints to survive. Rule number 19, don't split up. And they're like, okay. And to be fair, they don't ever on purpose. Yeah. One time they get split up in this movie is not really their, it's not fully their fault. Mm -hmm. It's not like they made a conscious decision. I feel like the the one time they split up, we're we're talking in the the sewer, right? Yeah, with Stan. Yep. Stan! They they should have realized sooner. Yes. that, That they didn't. We'll get to that, um, but, like, they didn't consciously choose this book, so, you know, to their credit. Mm -hmm. So, the next day in the cafeteria, Richie and Stan, they're confronted by Bowers, because he's pissed. Uh, So, Richie just throws his food at him. (laughs) Bold move. I kind of like it. I like it. That's Uh, that's the character Richie is, though. Just just taking the bull by the horns and going with it. I like it. You gotta stand up for yourself sometimes. Teacher, principal, whatever, was like, hey, you gotta clean all this up. Go get a mop. And so Richie ends up in the basement where he gets attacked by the werewolf from the movie. It, it's Pennywise. So he yeah. just runs away. Uh, he run. get, his, his shirt got ripped, though. His shirt got ripped, um, but he, he followed Run, Bitch, Run. So mm-hmm. he just got the fuck yep. out of there. So And called for help. He did call for help. No one believes him except the losers because mm-hmm. they're all but it, shit. But it did, calling for help, though, did instigate the, the group deciding to share yep. all their experience. Yeah, that's the next flashback. Um, but yeah, the next time we see the losers as kids as a group... They all start sharing that what happened, and so this kind of brings them all together and realizes, hey, we're not alone. We are each other's backup. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yes. So then we have Mike's flashback. Uh, Mike, he's given his presentation on the history of dairy and all these horrible things have happened here. On his way home, he gets jumped by Bowers and his gang, who are very racist. <laughs> they dropped the... The hard R. Yeah, yeah. It's uncomfortable. Bowers is going to use a cherry bomb on him. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, Mike, you're in a horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) Putting a freaking firework in somebody's pocket is no joke. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, Luckily, this bystander's like, hey, stop that, you kids. 
Um, and my guess is the opportunity to run. Yes. Run, Mitch. Run. <laughs> yeah. Like that'll he could that would have killed him right that, there. That could have killed him. So Mike runs into all the losers who've just been talking about what's been going on. They all kind of realize they're in a horror movie. And Bowers' gang is chasing him, and we get a good old-fashioned rock fight. Yeah. And just stand up to Bowers and just start chucking rocks at him and his gang. <laughs> you ever been in a rock fight? Uh, not like that. Yeah. I mean, I've thrown rocks before, but nothing like a rock fight. Yeah, I've been in one rock fight that I didn't want to be a part of. Uh, this kid was bullying my sister at our daycare. I was in, like, third grade. This kid was in second grade bullying my first-grade sister. So I pulled her into, like, the treehouse that was back there, and we were just, like, hiding out as, like, rocks were flying in. Uh, yeah, that's the closest thing I've ever been to a rock fight. We were just, like, trying to dodge the rocks. Wow. Neither of us got hit. Hallelujah. But, yeah, this, this fucking kid. Yeah. More damage should have happened than what did because they were throwing some, like, pound rocks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and basically the losers win and beat the shit out of Bowers, basically. <laughs> and they're like, hey, you can leave or we can put you in the hospital. Yeah. Your call damn losers you got this and this is where mike finally joins the losers we finally yep. get mike's to join up but yeah they, they all know they're in a horror movie at this point except stan he's kind of denying it he, yeah he still is denying it so they all look at mike's photo album and they see like these old drawings old-timey drawings of pennywise the dancing clown and he's shown up in Derry's history multiple times and one of the photos like turns into a movie reel and pennywise tries to come at them through the photo album you're in a horror movie Yep, and, and to this point, Stan is watching this happen, realizing like that it's happening and it's real, and he's still trying to deny it. Well, in his defense, he does shut the book. Yep. says <laughs> something. But eventually, he comes around. He mm-hmm. does panic. Rule 10, don't panic, but he comes around, realizes he's in a horror movie. Oh, yeah, and they, they're like, okay, so the adults can't do anything. We have to do something, because Pennywise could just pick us off one by one. So they're in a, a position where they can't get out of this horror movie. They have to do something mm-hmm. or they're going to yeah. get killed. Can't ask for help. You got to do it yourself. All right. Final flashback. Final, final loser. We have Stan. Stan lives in Georgia. He's a, I think he's a lawyer in the book. I don't think they say in in this, but I sure. believe he's a lawyer in the book. Maybe he, an accountant. He. I mean, they depict him as rich and successful. He's, he's wearing doing a tuxedo. Well. He's doing well. Uh, he gets the phone call from Mike. He freaks out. He's like, I'm going to go upstairs and take a bath. Nothing, nothing else bad is going to happen. The losers, they're practicing with a slingshot, and Bev is the best shot. So she yep. gets the slingshot, rule five, lock Hits load. 10 out of 10 on the rocks, hitting bottles. Nobody else can do better than three. Yep. She's good. Richie gets her some silver earrings he stole from his mom that they can use in case it's a werewolf. And if, if they believe in it, they kind of realize, like, hey, if we believe these will stop it, it can stop it. Yes. Yeah. It uses the power of imagination. So can we. Yeah, they're they're learning. They're learning how to defeat this monster. Rule twenty one, learn from past events. Yeah, it was smart. Power of imagination. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how you do it. Whatever works. Whatever works. <laughs> I don't know how else you're gonna defeat this evil entity. I that's that's the best idea I've heard all day. Magic bullshit. <laughs> Mag if, if it can use magic bullshit, so can you. Yeah, exactly. It's the beauty about supernatural horror movies. <laughs> like if you're like, oh, supernatural stuff exists. Cool. I can use that to my advantage somehow, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So they are going to go down in the sewers. Dun, dun, dun. And they all take a puff of Eddie's inhaler for bravery. <laughs> or battery acid, whatever and it is. It's that Richie mentions that it tastes like battery acid. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Bowers and his gang is going to follow him into the sewer. So this is going to go well. Bowers has his gang split up because they didn't get talked to by a cop about not splitting up. 
Uh, they're, he's going to send Vic around another way, and they're going to corner him. So they split up. Don't split up, gang. And Vic is going to go off on his own and immediately get killed. He immediately dies. Like, it doesn't even have a chance. Nope. So this is pretty stealthy. As the losers are walking by, Bowers grabs the last loser in line, which is Stan, and just stealth grabs him and drags him away. Yeah, it's, I mean, pretty pretty ingenious Tactics. smash. Yeah. yeah. Constant vigilance for losers. Uh, you know, maybe <laughs> yeah. like hold hands yeah. like the whole way through. Yep. Yeah, they, they should have, like I mentioned earlier, they should have known sooner. Yeah. Because it seemed like they'd walked quite a bit before they realized that they were not all together. And the guy in front of him, Richie, you couldn't turn around once because maybe Pennywise is behind you. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like you should be constant, head on a constant swivel yep. while in there. So Bowers and Butch are going to like murder Stan, like just straight up carve him up. Yeah, that's uh, the knife comes out again. And then it arrives and it's, it, it, it is a bright light. Yeah, he yeah he comes in a it's weird. Uh, no. I believe that's the true form of it. Pennywise is not his true form. This is or the, the, the light, light. The light is yeah. It's called okay. a, in the book they call it the deadlights. Okay, it's really existentially weird. Like shit gets crazy in this book, and it's just like what the fuck. <laughs> um, so it's just this orb of light, and it makes this pipe explode, and then drags Butch away into the pipe and kills him. It's pretty creepy. This might be the it, creepiest part of the movie. It, it's one of the, I feel like. I don't know. Is it the only death that's really like shown on screen? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything else they cut away. This mm-hmm. one, like he's kind of squished in half yeah, and just, just dragged down the pipe. It's good. It's a good kill. I like it. It's definitely the best one in the in the first half of it. So Stan seizes the opportunity because it start it starts coming back. It's like fuck this. I'm out of here. Get out. <laughs> and Henry Bowers panics, stays there, lives because uh, for some reason it just turns his hair white. Yeah. Yeah. We are spoiler. Are we learning about this in Henry part Bowers two? will be back in part two. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Bowers survives because it wants it so. Hmm. So Stan catches up to the the losers in this this chamber. They all they all make their stand. Uh, they're all holding hands. They're seeing stuff down that scares them down each of the the hallways, like uh, Georgie's dead brother. Yeah. Uh, Bev's dad, the werewolf, all this crazy shit. So Pennywise shows up and just grabs Stan and just. What yeets him away or walks away with him? <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, I got you. <laughs> just like so, like when they're when they're all holding hands in a circle, you know, they they think they're safe from Pennywise, and then it's just like, nope, you're not. Like, I'm just gonna grab you out of this circle. And he gives this monologue and is gonna eat Stan. And uh, Bev's like trying to get the earrings out, and she's fumbling. She's Stan's life is in her hands and she has butter fingers. <laughs> Rule number seven, don't leave your weapon behind. She drops the earring. Drops the earring. Come on. Firmly grasp it. And is still like fumbling to try to get it. Like, where's my glasses? Yeah, there's a lot of fog to be fair in the room. Yeah. Spooky fog. But then the best move of the movie, I think, uh, out of nowhere, Eddie, little germaphobic kid, <laughs> yes. follows rule number 22. He takes the shot with his inhaler and the power of imagination. Yes. He believes that in his inhaler is battery acid. And he sprays Pennywise and it starts melting his fucking face. It's just burning. Just, it's coming down like wet wax. And Holy shit. And this gives Bev the time to take a shot at Pennywise and injure him. He escapes down a pipe. And makes like death gurgling noises to make it seem like he's dead. Yep. No. He, he yeah he he's a Pennywise is a good actor. Yes. Ben wants to go after it and like confirm it's dead. Rule six, double tap. Double tap. But they don't. They leave. 
oh if they but had to be fair like how would they have gotten down there yeah i don't know and you know where what, how would they have they've been through a lot already yeah but they wouldn't be coming back for a sequel or part two of this this That's true epic if they double tapped so they all leave the sewers and bill makes them all swear that hey if it's not actually dead if it shows up again we come back and we kill it and they all swear <laughs> why Final scene of the miniseries, back in 1990. Stan's wife goes upstairs to get sexy in the bathtub with him, opens the door. Stan is in there, dead. He's slit his own wrist. He couldn't face going back to Derry. And in the blood, he wrote the word it on the wall. But Stan is dead. Rule number 17, never give up. The next thing you try my work. Stan, you could have just not gone, first yeah. of all. You just, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to stay home and sleep with my wife. You could have done that. <laughs> you could have you could have had a great night, had a nice bath, but instead maybe done so. uh get a therapist, you know, to help yeah. you work through this. Yeah, it's not like you can't afford it. Yeah, you're doing fine. You get yourself a nice therapist and you work your way through your guilt and anxiety and you live happily ever after. Option 2. Like the rest of the losers, you go back to Derry and yeah, you might get horrifically murdered by a clown, but you might live. I mean, if you're going to kill yourself, you might as well try to do it with what you thought are your friends. Yeah, you might you might be able to help your friends out, and you might live. Yeah. You might. Option three, you kill yourself. You don't live that way, and this is how to survive a horror movie. <laughs> don't kill yourself. It's, it's, it's generally a good idea to not kill yourself. Uh, but Stan's going to do it. Stan is dead, and that is how It Chapter 1 ends. Did you see that one coming? I did not see that okay. coming at all. I, I was wondering... With just all the hesitation of, of that Stan had, both you know at the end of, with the promise and then in the phone call, I was curious what was gonna like if he was gonna decide to go back or not. But I was not expecting him to kill himself. That was that came out of left field. It made for a really great ending of the movie. It's a like, solid cliffhanger. It just it just puts the the stamp on it and it's like oh shit, Stan was real scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is the end of part one of the miniseries. That was a wild ride. So I don't have any new rules, do you? I mean, don't kill yourself. <laughs> That's part of rule seventeen: never give up. The next thing yeah. you try, my work. Yeah, I think I think they did a they did a pretty good job for the most part. Yeah, for kids. Yeah, for kids. Yeah. Um. So let's give us some, some awards, huh? Mm-hmm. First, we have the Randy Meeks merit badge, which goes to the character who did the best job at following the rules. This is, of course, based off Randy Meeks from Scream, the best movie character of all time. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Do you have any nominations for the Randy Meeks Merit Badge? I gotta probably nominate Bill. Bill? Yep. I think just, just the overall, you know, he was he was trying to do the right thing by kind of getting revenge on Pennywise, but not but doing it in a careful way. Sure. Getting a group together, you know, wanting to double tap at the end, just things like that, like just being smart about it. Sure. Because his only option was to go after him, not to escape. So Yeah, it's true for all the losers. They they had mm-hmm. to go after them. I kind of want to give it to Eddie because okay. I think he has the best move of the movie and all the losers are pretty similar across the board. Sure. I just think Eddie and the inhaler move, it saved Stan single-handedly pretty much. Yeah. And and did a lot of damage to Pennywise. Um, and, and Bill didn't do a whole lot in that final fight. Sure. Uh, it was really the Eddie and Bev show and Bev, Bev mm-hmm. dropped the bullet. Sure. So I think I want to give it to Eddie. Okay. How does that sound? Sounds good. Yeah. All right. So Eddie is the winner of the Randy Meeks Merit Badge. Uh, we'll see if he can get it again in part two. Ooh. And then, you know, the remake and 
the sequel to the remake. <laughs> okay, so how about Night of the Living Pleb, based off Barbara from Night of the Living Dead, and this goes to the character to do the worst job at following the rules. Hmm, that's a... Uh, it's tougher. That's a, Yeah, tougher. that's a tough one, because do you give it to any, like, the Bauer gang? We could. We could absolutely give it to one of the Bowers. Uh, you know, because here's the thing with the Bowers gang. Yeah, they didn't really know about Pennywise until pretty much too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, there's six dead kids in your town. Right. There's a whole other horror movie happening. It doesn't have to be supernatural. And yet, exactly. I wanna. I almost want to give it to, to Belch. I think Vic was worse than Belch because he's the one who split off and went on his own. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't want to though. Like it wasn't really his choice. I mean, it was his choice. Okay. Well, first of all, first of all, before we even get there, rule number four is don't be a menace. Like, if you're yeah. not a bully and trying to murder these kids right, and yeah. you're following this psychopathic leader, you don't get here. <laughs> so that's bad on all three of them. Yeah. And, yeah, you have a choice. Just because Bowers told you to go split up, at that point, you just go home. But then he's still splitting up, though. Yes, but at least he's not going down into the sure. sewers. Okay. Up. <laughs> uh, well, what's your argument for Belch? Why is Belch worse? It just, he, he doesn't do anything <laughs> other than burp. Yeah, you know, and and he still gets killed. Like yeah. he just, he's just a a meh guy, gassy guy, being a bully, and just I mean, just doing all the wrong things. Yeah, but that, at least, I think he at least stayed with Bowers. Sure. When they went in the sewer, I think yeah. I think Vic is worse than I, Butch. I, I I see that. Yeah. And I, I like all the lo- losers better than Vic. They, I mean, they survive. They so. survive. Want to give it to Vic? Yeah. All right. Vic is the night of the living pleb, and he's not so living anymore. Bummer, dude. Okay, so that's the end of it, part one. I assume you want to come back and see how it ends? I, yeah, I got to see how it ends. All right. I've only seen chapters one and chapters one. Yeah, you know, you need chapter two and chapter two. Yeah. All right, so when uh, when it, chapter two, gets spun, we'll do this again. All righty. Bring it back on. Normally, I would have you spin the Wheel of Spooks here, but Texas Chainsaw 3D was what was supposed to be today, but due to scheduling issues, we couldn't get it done, um, so we did it instead. Um, so hopefully, we can do Texas Ch- Chainsaw 3D next week. Ooh. The seventh Texas Chainsaw movie, which is one of the dumbest movies of all time, but I love it. It's so dumb. So we'll you, do that. You better time. watch it in 3D, too. I'll try. I'll try my best. <laughs> I'll have to go get a 3D TV just specifically <laughs> for this. All right. So uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D next time. Jordan, thanks for doing this. Yeah, pleasure. Jordan, three hours to just for this. Yep. Now you're going to go home. Yep. Uh, it, was, it was a fun 90-minute uh, movie, and I'll, I'll see you later. Yep. Yeah, uh, you got to hit the road. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at HowToHorror. That's how number two horror. Then go ahead and give us a five-star review on on uh, whatever uh, listener you listen on, podcast app of choice. We deserve it. Five stars is good. Or a 4.8. You know, it's it's more real. Uh, round it up. Round, round <laughs> that right, shit yeah, up. Five, five stars it is. Five stars it is. Anything else? I don't think so. Uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, dude. Yeah, thanks for doing this. This was fun. And we'll see how this hap- uh, how it goes next time. Yes. We'll see if the losers all live. Or die. Boom, boom, boom. All right, this has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast. Stay safe out there.